You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're in the 20th chapter of Shabbat and we are dealing with the kind of things that we we're dealing with boundary cases and particularly with things that we might do in a different way. And we closed yesterday to say that we might take um, some uh, straw and put it in a sieve and put it into a feeding trough. Put it into a feeding trough. And today, as we pick up the fourth Mishnah in the 20th chapter, we're going to pick up this feeding trough. And the Mishnah is not going to use the word Evus for feeding trough, but that's what it's talking about. Gorfin milifne haptam. We can rake out in front of a, a, a patam is a fatted ox. We can rake out in front of a fatted ox. And what are we raking out? We are actually raking out the feeding trough. We're back to the avus, which we closed the previous Mishnah. And we can move food to the side. Well, this is often translated as a grazing ox. And um, uh, um, Danby translates it as a as a as a grazing ox. Some people would say this is muck, which is, the ox is 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 um, uh, letting drop in the manger. It's something we, we are certainly doing something in order to make it easier for the animals to eat properly. We're moving the food around so the animals can eat. Either these are two kinds of animals, or it's two kinds of moving around. Divrei Rabbi Dosa, according to Rabbi Dosa, for Chachamin Osren, but the sages forbid it. The reason I think that we are probably talking about two kinds of animals is that the second half of the Mishnah then talks about two kinds of animals. Not lin milifne behema zo, not nim lifne behema zo, We can take food from one animal and we can place it in front of another animal on Shabbat. And the question seems to be whether this food is muktza. Can we move the food around or is it muktza? If it has no purpose, in, it's not a kli, right? So it doesn't come into the category of uh, a kli, which is carryable in any case on Shabbat. This is food. Human food, clearly we can carry around on Shabbat because it has a use. But the Mishnah seems to be asking, well, is there any real use in carrying food from one animal to the other? Maybe if the second animal doesn't want to eat the food that the first animal's rejected, maybe there's no purpose in doing this at all. And one of the commentators brings up a really not brings up the example of taking food from I think the I think the Bartonura brings the question of taking food from ox from an ox to a donkey. And he says, look, you know, the donkey will not eat food that you've taken from an ox because the ox's saliva has just made it smell, I don't know, smell terrible to the donkey. So we wouldn't want to do this. But in general, the Mishnah is saying, look, in general, animals will eat food that's been taken from another animal and we can move it. 
So we can move this stuff around if it has a purpose. And the Mishnah then continues. Again, following on questions about um, following on questions about animals and about moving and about purpose. Hakash shall gabehamita, the straw that's on the top of a bed. And I think we're talking here about the times of the Mishnah when people didn't have the kind of mattresses that we might buy from Walmart or Home Depot or somewhere today. But people are, they seem to be, people are packing out their beds with straw. And the Mishnah says, again, we're going to go back to the question of moving things in an unusual way. We shouldn't shake it around by hand. And I think this relates to picking up, if you like, the whole pile of straw and giving it a good shake with one's hand, which you would do probably if you were getting ready to sleep. But the Mishnah goes on, But you can actually move it with your body. And I think this means, you know, you might lie down on it. You might lie down on it and wriggle around a bit and move it with your body. So it seems to me, the, it seems to me that you're, you're lying on top of it. And of course, you're not going to move it around because straw potentially, well, straw has two uses. Maybe it's food. Going back to the oxen that we were dealing with in the previous Mishnah, and if it was food, of course, we can, well, we've learned that we can move it around. But straw can also be fuel. We can light a fire with straw. And if the straw is fuel, then we certainly can't move it around on Shabbat because it absolutely is muktzah. And so the, 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 the Mishnah is going to continue. The im hayam, im hayam achal behemah. If this straw was feed for an animal, or or if it had a pillow or a sheet on top of it, so at this point we've clearly designated it purely for sleeping. So this is, in other words, this is if it's not eating straw, it's sleeping straw. But in both cases, it's definitely not burning straw. Yeah, if we've designated it as eating straw or sleeping straw, then absolutely, you can move it around with your hand. You, it's, it's basically just the contents of a mattress. It's no longer muktza. Sleeping on Shabbat is fine. We can pick it up with our hands and we can move it around. And along the same lines, a machbesh is a kind of press. Now, they didn't have steam irons in those days, but they did have heavy pairs of boards and they would press garments between the boards. And a machbesh is a sort of, it's a press, basically. It's a pair of boards that you'd, you'd, sque- you'd, you'd um, squeeze down tight to make your clothes look nice on Shabbat. And of course, you might want to get your clothes out on Shabbat, but you might want to wear them. And so the Mishnah explains, Machbesh shel balevatim, a householder's press, a sort of press you might have at home, like a home steam on. Matirin, we can loosen it off to get our clothes out. Aval lo kofshin, but we're not going to screw it up. So in other words, we can take our clothes out of the press on Shabbat because we're going to wear them. But we're not going to screw them up in the press on Shabbat, even though there might not be an Av involved, because 
that already starts to look like like weekday work. And we're not going to do weekday work on Shabbat, even if it's not strictly speaking in Av Malacha. So a householder's press can be loosened, but it can't be tightened. A launderer's. Now we're talking about a, not a we're talking about a launderer's press. Now, so this is a professional instrument. Um, a launderer's press. A launderer's press. Lo Don't touch it. But. And Rabbi Yudah is going to come in with a but. Rabbi Yudah says, Im mutar If it was already loosened before Shabbat, and we're talking about the professional press here, the press that belonged to a launderer. Im If it was loosened before Shabbat, in this printed text of the Mishnah says, Matir et kulo he can unfasten the whole thing and remove it. And I brought you the printed edition because it's sitting in Safari and I, I, I didn't have time to change it. But I can mention to you that the Kaufman manuscript, and I'll put a link to the Kaufman manuscript maybe on the source sheet just in a minute. The Kaufman manuscript has a different reading. It doesn't say matir et kulo. It says makir et kelav. So it's nearly the same spelling, but the tuff has changed to a cuff and the there's an extra vav, there's an extra yud in kulo. So it's not matir et kulo, but makir et kelav. In other words, Makir et kelav means he recognizes his clothes. So if we read the Kaufman manuscript, then Rabbi Yehuda says, if it was loosened before Shabbat, someone may recognize his clothes and remove them, recognize his gear and remove it, i.e. it's a professional press. But if it's already been loosened on Shabbat, and we want to wear our, our pressed clothes on Shabbat, we can go in there, see what is ours, and take it out, even though we're dealing with a professional clothes press on Shabbat. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Benedict.